Okay, podcast again. Where is it starting? Yeah. Are we doing this? Okay. Yeah, we got to get right into it. Oh, yeah. A lot of things to do yet in the day. We so. haven't recorded it in a while. It's cooler. I guess it's cool. Yeah. Do a lot of people do that? Do you find people out, mm-hmm. out in the wild bed style yeah. late at night? Well, it's still like, you know, well, the sun will be down at like 8.30, 9 o'clock, so then restaurants are still happening so you have to duck and cover in between like all that shit yeah that's true but like it's fine people are strolling i believe the last sunset uh post 8 p.m already happened oh, it fun. was july 28th or 27th yeah so we're now into the days getting shorter forever uh-huh. and ever until we all die well i mean yeah i never remember how short daylight savings time actually is i mean at daylight savings time is still on but effective daylight savings time it really doesn't last very long and then october hits and you're like well i guess i'm never seeing daylight ever again yeah exactly um well so the number one priority on this podcast as usual is to recap the most recent episode of and just like that okay which i watched a few nights ago Uh one of our uh, beloved token poc from the new cast discovers tinder and has a lot of loud sex in the other room while cynthia nixon has to listen um, okay. something's going on between Cynthia Nixon and, uh, Charlotte's, uh, children. They're fucking, I think. Yeah. Charlotte? I Cheryl. Th- I, Charlotte? Charlotte. I thought they were just friends in the recap that I was, you know, given by the internet. I think it's heavily <clears throat> implied that they're not. Oh, okay. At well, least in the minds of their mothers. But, well, yeah. You know, and they're, they're being creepy. They're kind of stalking their daughters, but, you know. Daughter and ginger son. I daughter know, and I the know ginger that son. seems like a son or a daughter, <laughs> but you know, Brady's Brady's a boy. Yeah, and then I don't really remember what's going. On. Oh yeah, Sarah Jessica Parker is buying a new apartment at Gramercy Park because her and Aiden are getting along pretty well, but he still can't bring himself to go back into their old place um, where they had their <sighs> tragic breakup. It seems a little ridiculous to me to abandon your uh, beautiful Upper East Side digs for something more expensive. Uh, just because he can't step foot inside it, but what do I know? And use your dead, rich husband's money to buy it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I read, I was reading an article that was like, you know, Carrie used to be for every girl who thought that she could make it in the city. You know, writing a thousand words at four dollars a pop or whatever. You know, which also unheard of. Um, the classic overtones. Now of she's the show. just like, I'm rich and yeah. I have no problems. It's it's. A, it's a shockingly unrelatable situation. I saw a they're cl- all rich. They're all rich yeah. beyond belief for some reason. That's never really explained. I mean, that's kind of the case though. You live you live in New York for like four decades, and then you are suddenly rich. It's just that the writers of the show don't know what to do with that premise. Like, right. it would make yeah. a lot of sense to just have the older characters be rich, except they they constantly put them in situations rich people would never be in. For Correct. example, Charlotte is, like, interning at a gallery again, no. just so they can have scenes of her being a gallerina and putting on Spanx, and then deciding to throw them away in the bathroom on her first day of work. Psychotic, okay. So, you know, they, they do things like that. And then at other times... She they, would just be a guest curator. Or something. Why, why wouldn't if you she's play like, it she's way? probably also like a collector, too, if she's that rich. Yeah. Like... Exactly. I don't know why they don't just do the natural move. Or you a know? consultant. You know how that one lady was a consultant at uh, Mary Boone? Sure, yeah. That, like, outside curator who was yeah, like, I'm yeah, yeah. tangentially, like, 
associated with, but I am not employed by. I mean, just make her an art advisor. It, it, there's so many ways yeah. to do it that would make so much more sense. But then there's other times where they just ostentatiously flaunt their wealth. And there's an entire scene where Carrie Bradshaw tells her boyfriend not to talk to the help in the hallway of the new building. Oh, it's really yeah. It's really jarring, shocking. It's it's at odds with the ostensible politics of the rest of the show. You know, the they them cast, and it, it's like they really just don't know what to do. And then Cynthia Nixon is portrayed as incredibly confused about her sexuality, and it's not met with a lot of sympathy by her friends or her family, frankly. Well, yeah. So I mean, I guess that's sort of realistic, but I don't know. Not in the circles they run in. It's a little weird. All I'm trying to say is that it it's becomes more of a car crash each passing episode. So I'll make sure to keep our listeners updated. Oh God! Okay. Well, on the progress of the show, I just keep getting fed it during like Instagram doom scrolls. Well, yeah, you like, you always know more about it than I do, which I find. Well, stunning. I get it from you. I get it from Adam. Yeah. It's like, oh, on this episode, I'm like, no, mm-hmm. no, don't tell me about it. I mean, hey, with that writer strike ongoing, I'm you know, I'm desperate for content over here. I mean... I guess A24 movies are fine. Did you hear that? Because yeah. they just acquiesced to absolutely They said yes. Yeah. yeah. And that's a, it's such a tiny company. But they pump out a lot of shit. I feel like every yeah. trailer you ever see is like for a bad A24 horror movie. They, I mean, that's how they make a lot of the money is yeah. the bad horror. But then they have like... Didn't they produce Everywhere Everything? E-E-Y-O-Y-O-Y-O-Y? Yeah, I believe they did. Yeah. yeah. So like every now and then they have like a... A contender, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but a lot of it is just like bodies, bodies, bodies. Yeah, or yeah, like, yeah. who produced that one that, about the Timothy Chalamet eating people? Oh, I don't Was know. That, an A24? that seems like an A twenty four, but yeah. I don't know. Hmm. Yeah, now they're coming out with Exorcist four. I saw or something. I, maybe there's more than four. Exorcists. Oh, the two girls. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I saw the trailer for that prior to Oppenheimer, which I saw. By the way, oh. I feel like we haven't recorded no, since no, I saw no, that. No. Yeah. I haven't seen either. I've I've neither done Barbie nor Heimer. Well, geez, I was in Philly this weekend, and we were at a uh, party, an outdoor party with with, uh, family friends. And uh, I was just in occupied territory. There was a bunch of Barbie stands there that were very aggressive about it. Well. I felt like, you know, I felt like a Palestinian. Like they were going to bulldoze my house because I liked Oppenheimer and haven't seen Barbie. Someone described Oppenheimer as Amadeus for people that don't fuck and then looked directly at me. Wow. Granted, I don't know these people. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> the harsh streets Amadeus of Northeast Philly. For people First of all, weird poll. I think that's a very weird poll, yeah. It it doesn't really support your point that other people don't fuck when your go-to reference is Amadeus. Amadeus. <laughs> yeah, I feel like that seems like a very Philly insult though. They're like, "We love our neat shit to, mm, you know." Yeah. And it's like, "Okay, everybody calm down." I mean, yeah, you. Did, what did you do? Twenty four hours in Philly, like I did, but just a week apart. I did a little more than twenty four hours, but yeah. Where's my pretzel, bitch? I didn't. Hey, man, I didn't have time. You know. <sighs> wow. I was busy, man. My step count was low. I got to tell you, that's why I'm trying to take this night off, sort of drinking tonight, mm-hmm. because man, did I drink a lot and eat a lot, and my blood just feels thick. Thick. Mm-hmm. My step count was low. Mm. My blood was thick, mm. and you know, I was hitting the mean streets. I had some handmade pasta. From a pretty decent Italian place. Hmm. Not bad. Hmm. Really good, actually. And then I ate it again as a late-night snack after I had party food, including buffalo chicken dip. Jesus Christ. Which you know I couldn't get enough of. I know. It's just like got a trough. Mm -hmm. And then they had these Spam. It was a flamingo-themed party, so it was sort of a tropical thing going on. So they had Spam and pineapple skewers covered in hot honey. 
And I got to tell you, that was actually pretty delicious. Dip that in the Buffy chicky dip. Oh, <laughs> that's even fat for me. Now we're cooking Do you know how gas. that that's saying something? If I'm going, it's a bit much. And then they also had a taco station set up that was pulled chicken and pulled pork and a few other things, except my fat ass didn't realize that it was a taco set up. And I just thought, ooh, there's a giant vat of pulled pork. So I filled half my plate with that and just ate it plain. <laughs> there's mini empanadas. There were pretzels there. I got a, a Philly pretzel factory pretzel dipped in uh, cheese whiz. Oh, there's nothing better. They also had uh, mustard. I did not partake in the mustard. The mustard is one of the greatest mustards in all the land. I and then... Say. It is very spicy. Controversially to me, anyway, they had chocolate. Apparently, this is a common third thing. Chocolate dip for the pretzels. Disgusting. Which, you know, I suppose, but no. I wasn't really in the mood for sweets. Maybe like a caramel dip or a cinnamon dip. Well, so that's sorry, where I would go. Caramel dip. Cinnamon raisin. Or not cinnamon raisin, cinnamon sugar. Yeah. Like Auntie Anne's. Stuff. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's a different story. Mm-hmm. That was my walking food when I was in Philly. I had a pretzel and mm. some mustard. And while we were looking for food, I was like, well, I'm going to keep my blood sugar from absolutely plummeting to the ge- absolute depths of the ground. Yeah. Um, I also ate about a pound and a half of potato salad. I've had a potato salad craving for a really long time. And then, of course, at a garden party. There better be some. There was better it, be was some. Was it German or was it mayo? It was mayo. Ugh. I like the German potato salad. You know, yeah. remakes a mean German potato salad. But honestly, it, you know, when the mood strikes you, you want the mayonnaise one. Let's I be real. I never want anything. No, no. no what are ma- you talking no about? No mayo salads, no macaroni salads. That's some, oh, I love that's a macaroni salad. some Midwest shit that I was always like, no, this is gross. I don't like it. Oh, man. One of my favorite things to do when I go to the hot bar and I feel like being slutty for lunch is I get the... Uh, I get the fried shrimp and I get the macaroni salad. Oh! I, I switch the weights. You know, usually the protein is the weightier thing, but I like to go for the lightweight shrimp so you can really pile them on, and then I get a bunch of macaroni salad. You know, it's actually kind of good because it's got that like day old sort of crustiness where there's like a layer of shiny hardness. Are from you he- are you hearing there. the words come out of your mouth? <laughs> I feel like I love the crusty layer. I always scoop it off yeah. the top and try to take mostly that. <sighs> Not the skin. That's the sc- Oh, that is absolutely the disgusting. skin of things at hot bars is my favorite part. If that was its own food, I would eat mostly that. Yeah, like, like pork rinds or this. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, you nasty! <laughs> you nasty! Well, dude. that's why I don't do it that often. Oh. The other slutty lunch I've discovered is uh, I get the chicken salad, but with a slice of American cheese on the hoagie. Now you're cooking. That's a good lunch. Again, no one can see me take the glasses <laughs> off, but god damn, that's nasty. The Ew. nearby bodega, though, near my work, they always forget the cheese. So you, They're doing you a favor. One out of They're every, doing you a solid. I don't know what to tell one you. One out of every three times, you're not going to get your cheese, and then you're going to you know, arrive back to work disappointed. But I mean, hmm. I had my favorite. I had my old favorite lunch, big, big bowl of udon and fries mm. with... Uh, chili mayo. Oh, yeah. You're back in the old haunt mm-hmm. now. So you can get good ethnic food. Well, here's Unlike the thing. Unlike the Panda Express at the mall. Well, yeah. But <laughs> here's the thing. Five years later, guess whose body goes, or four years later, however long, body says, no, no, we don't do this anymore. And I went, oh, no. Like, I was just tired and, like, was sweaty. I was like, oh, I think I've made a huge mistake. Oh, no. 
Yeah, it's tough if you have a heavy lunch and then you have a demanding job. That's why I only pull the trigger on the sluttiness every once in a blue moon. Maybe on a slower Friday or something when you're just kind of skating into the weekend. That's when I'll pull the trigger on the hot bar. But I think I just can't do it. I think I just have to like continue eating, you know, lunch, you know, sad desk salads, etc. But now I can just go to Trader Joe's, deliver, the, you know, five of them, mm-hmm. and then just be like, meh, we're done. Yeah, yeah. You know, there's nothing I like better than my sad desk salad. It's not sad. Everyone at my work, they're envious of my salad. I get compliments on it all the time. And I'm like, you too could make this, but you have to be comfortable eating the same thing every day, which most people, for whatever reason, can't get with. I mean, uh, this week I was lazy and just got the pre-made ones and was like, these will do. Yep. These will be just fine. Um, Man, I feel like a lot happened in the intervening week and a half, but now oh, yeah. I'm blanking on it. I'm kind of tired. I've had a long weekend. I mean, yeah, it's been it's been a week and a half. I don't know. My entire brain fell out of my head on Wednesday, and I was like, "Woo!" Well, you know, there was the big Lizzo news, but th- now it's old news. But it keeps being updated. I think she's actually going down, man. I don't think so. I know. I was going to say, "Is this you know? This is your this well, is your VJ?" I said, "This is your VJ day." <laughs> Did you get the picture that I sent you, by the way? I think so. It's that I photoshopped. That I thought that was pretty good. For the listeners, it's uh, it's the men on Iwo Jimo raising the flag on Mount Suribachi, but instead of Mount Suribachi, it's Lizzo. It was a pretty good Photoshop job for a quick one on the phone while I was supposed to be working. Oh, no. I never got that. Oh, damn it. Well, maybe we'll have to post it on the Instagram. I think you can finally get away with that. Anyway. Hmm. No, I mean, it, it, genuinely, hey, it's, it seems like her Spotify listens and stuff have collapsed, but you think she's going to be all right. I mean, Beyonce is saying her name again on stage. She edited her out of the, the Vogue lady mix. Really? She edited out her part? No, her name. Oh, I didn't know So her she name wouldn't say her name. name. Wow. But now she says her name again. Hmm. Because the, the dancers uh, did that video where they kind of fucked it up. I didn't know that. Oh, what yeah. did they do? They did an interview and they kind of like fuck, fuck botched their uh, believability with the public. They did? Yeah. Oh, I had no idea. Yeah. Well, the, everyone was probably just looking for an excuse to not believe all these things because some of the charges were pretty dramatic. When I first yeah. heard the news, I was like, oh, this is typical. You know, like they're just turning on her, right? Like for, you know, power, typical power games. It's inevitable when you cast yourself as like you know a saintly type of figure that someone's yeah, going to try to take you do down. That. Yeah, no, you shouldn't no. do that. But she did do that, and then they tried to take her down, and then you know it came out pretty quickly that oh, actually, yeah, she did sound like she did, made them do some kind of fucked up things. I think it was just like you know going to a strip club and be like, throw some money, tip the tip the girls, and they were like, well, we don't want to go. It's like okay, well, you don't have to go. Well, you don't have to seem cool. There's I mean, a lot of mandatory fun at everybody's jobs that you don't have to go to, but you yeah. kind of do have to go to. And I'm mm-hmm. sure in in many people's minds that all seemed like a very fun situation, but I, I mean, don't know. I don't know. I mean, the proselytizing by the dance captain, I'm like, eh, maybe not that. You know, that's kind of inescapable, but that's Oh, yeah, that that seems like a weird side That seems like collateral damage, thing. yeah. Yeah. Um, I, don't I don't know. I mean, Bryce Martin's dead, too. Oh, yeah. Bryce Martin died the other day. Yeah. I didn't realize he'd had cancer for a couple of years. I mean, he was looking... Well, I saw, you know, I saw everybody posting pictures of him, and then I was like, oh, yeah, he wasn't looking great. But, you know, I don't check in with Bryce Martin all the time. The last time I saw him, he was just stony baloney at some opening, and he seemed fine. Yeah. 
you know, but I that mean, was probably that, 10 years ago. That's also been him for like 15 years. Mm-hmm. So, you know. Um, yeah, I learned through Bryce Martin's death that Julian Schnabel has an Instagram account that I'm keen to follow because he writes like boomer style oh, rants, no. like paragraphs well, well. and paragraphs on every post that like he thinks are poetic, but um, are just stupid. Fails. <laughs> Big fails all over the place. I They're mean, not that bad, but but I do kind of I do kind of appreciate him like going off, oof. you know. And then, it, oh, that's the other thing that reminded me. Frank Stella is going to die any day now. Jay Schnobbs posted a picture with him and Frank Stella in Frank's studio mm-hmm. like a couple weeks ago. Yeah. And Frank Stella, man, he he looks like he weighs about 72 pounds. He's been looking like that for, again, 15 years, though. Mm. I don't know. He was always like kind of chunky for an old guy, I guess. No. No? No, he was a skinny. No, he was never a chonker. Oh, okay. He was always skinny old man. Yeah. Hold on. What's... Uh, Julian Schnabel Studio, I think. Schnabel. Yeah, S C H N A B E L. It's like a picture of a Frank Stella wire sculpture hung up in his god awful house, so it just looks like a pile of trash. You know, it's like next to two paintings on cardboard. Oh, he's oh yeah, he's been looking like this for a long time. He's real little. Yeah, he looks like a grandma, frankly. Well, he is a grandma. <laughs> you know, he has that vibe. I mean, he, the having the cane, maybe not, you know, whatever. Um, but he's still, like, spry. I don't know. Maybe it's just his posture in that picture or something. I was like, you're bent at a 45-degree angle like you've just done a healthy dose of fentanyl. I don't know. <laughs> I don't he's know not what is going a bent on. Per- no, he's not one of the bends. He's not in the bends. Um, no, he's looked at, you know, elderly for a long time. Yeah. His face, at a certain point, white people just start sagging. That's true. And well, lucky for him, he's got a lot of people working for him. He doesn't need to lift all yeah, that heavy stuff. he's got to sit and smoke cigars every day. Mm-hmm. You know, that's he's not that bad. Frank Geary style. He just like crumples up a piece of paper and he's like, make this. Do, go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, it's just, again, more and more crumble at the feet of JJ just right in front. I know. I'm like, oh, well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's the, what's the uh, Ozymandias quote? Like, uh, look on my works, ye mighty and despair. That's Jasper Johns. They should put a, instead of the Theodore Roosevelt statue that they took away, they should just put a statue of him with that quote underneath it, like outside the Met. Just like, <laughs> how many of you will die before I <laughs> yeah. ever do? And it's just like, well, okay. Well, and you know, he, he he looks like saggy old white man, but he looks pretty good, all things considered. He's still poorly. You yeah. Know? As far as we know, yeah. Mm-hmm. And he poses in his, uh, you know, stoic fashion for Vogue and shit. Remember when they dressed him up as the cowardly lion? No. Did you ever see this Vogue photo shoot? It was like a photo shoot of like, it, probably from 15 years ago, of like artists, and they were all different characters from The Wizard of Oz, and they made him the cowardly lion. I mean... It was very fitting, actually. Hilarious, it's yeah. true. I can't believe he did it. But that's how you know he has a cheeky sense of humor on the low. Oh, <gasps> Whoa. I mean, he's just wearing denim and a furry vest yeah they probably showed up with like a whole mascot style outfit for him and he was like no i will wear my i won't be doing that no (laughs) i will not be partaking in that thank you um but like yeah i don't know like there was a lot of a lot of people are like whatever race martin sucks in in his death Mm. and i'm like hey maybe let's wait until the body's cold before we start shitting on people you know I didn't see a lot of that. I was actually going to go in the other direction. I saw a lot of admiration where I was like, what? You don't care about Bryce I, I, Martin. I, I, this I, is weird. I saw a lot of ad, uh, you know, admiration out of weird pockets, and I was like, huh? Yeah. What? 
I'm like, just because you met the guy once when he was stoned in an opening? I mean, I don't know. Um, That's the thing. For a while, he was like about town. So I don't doubt that people did meet him. But well, the idea that he had like a lot of influence is what I don't understand. Do people know? being like, oh, broken heart emoji. I'm like, okay. Yeah, we'll just steal from him. Stop huh? making posts yeah. about yourself. Well, Let's cut it out. But yeah, I don't know. I'm like, nobody likes Bryce Martin that much. There's not much to really you know, steal from. Um, but like... The one really long, like, uh, like death announcement or whatever, maybe it was in Hyperallergic or something. I was like, you're missing the greatest, like, fun scandal of when he, his wife went up to some, like, collector or curator or someone and be like, stop fucking my husband, you whore. Whoa, yeah, really? Like, she was pushing him around in a wheelchair and then leaves him for a second and then just goes off on this lady. Damn. Loudly interesting oh yeah you know she seemed helen is her name yeah. helen martin she seems like a firecracker because i wasn't able to find it granted i didn't look very hard but apparently mm. she has an instagram account that's public that was like documenting his whole journey with yes. cancer correct do you follow it no i, I wanted to see it i was like oh this is how everybody knows maybe yeah. that's why there was such an outpouring it's not so much about the work it's that like you know people were actually like following his weird yeah wife like documenting because i think die. yeah Plain image was his, right? That was him. But he hasn't posted anything on that in years. But he also wasn't the one posting on it. I just, I remember following that like in the very early days of Instagram. Mm -hmm. Because I was like, oh, this is actually Bryce Martin. And then he would post like really low resolution pictures of like a badly framed lamp in the corner of his house. Yeah. With a caption like, lamp. And you'd be like, what? This is like, (laughs) you know, it's it's like those sad men that lurk on facebook who like live alone like perpetual bachelors and they take like a picture of their house plants but they don't know how to frame a photo and you just get this glimpse of like a really sad mind that that plain image reminded me a lot of that eventually it just became like oh here i am at an opening or whatever so you got some kind of manager i'm sure yeah some one of the interns but initially it was hilarious because it was just like blurry it was just out of focus pictures of like things around his house (laughs) i like that more i like the honesty of that you know me too um yeah, I, you know, immediately Larry just was like, yes. Is, did he show a Gagosian? Mm-hmm. I actually didn't know where he showed. Oh, yeah. I thought, never mind. You know, so, yeah, of course. Gagosian, as we know from his profile, he's more than happy to deal with the unliving. Even better. You know, I don't know how much we talked about that profile, but one of the interesting things about it that never quite occurred to me, but is very true, is that Gagosian never he never cultivates like young artists. They've started to do a little bit more of that, but he's very much like a secondary market guy. His attitude was always like, you know, give them to me when they're, when they already have value and I'll, you know, we can, I'll squeeze a little water out of that stone. Yeah. So, you know, a dead Bryce Martin uh, couldn't be better for him. I mean, that's pulling three sevens at the slot machine right mm-hmm, there i mean mm-hmm. damn he doesn't seem like he made that much work though which i mean i guess in value terms is probably kind of a good thing but i think he would well because he would do the thing of okay i showed stuff and then some of it would come back to the studio and he would work on it some more oh really yeah that's see that's interesting i i thought he showed at matthew marks because i vaguely remember a I bryce martin show at matthew marks did Really? And then there was an absconsion mm-hmm. late in life. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, you know, when you're like, ooh, got a little sicky. Mm-hmm. Oh, you can offer me a little bit more money to pay for this. You know, I don't have any help. Like, what do you, do you have health insurance as a single rich painter man? Maybe, uh, maybe not. That's actually an interesting question. Like, I'm sure if you're an elderly rich painting man, you do. Mm-hmm. M- most people that are self-employed, which is what an artist is, they buy their own health insurance. Yeah, sure. 
And I would imagine that the more advanced in age you get, the more worthwhile it becomes to actually do that because you're incurring medical expenses. I mean, unless you're just not good at managing your money and you just pay for everything out of pocket, which at his level of wealth, I'm sure, what's the who cares, cares? actually. But hmm, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, speaking of Instagram things, that's the other thing that happened. I got flamed on Instagram for my Japanese postcard collection. Oh, you want to talk about that publicly? Wow. Well, yeah, <laughs> because you know what? Guess what? You're blocked. Blocked. Don't care. Blocked. Oh, See ya. Wow. Because, you know, I tried in, in in good faith. I was getting called, first of all, just for anyone that wasn't aware, because it was a flash in the pan moment. I posted my beautiful selections from my uh, Imperial Japanese postcard collection, 1900 to 1937. Meiji Taisho and Showa era postcards. They are militaristic. They do prominently display the rising sun flag, which I do understand for many people in uh, Asia is problematic. Um, but I never expected a reaction to it, like the one I got, which was being called a Nazi and saying I supported them and all of this type of stuff. But I tried to reach out in good faith and say, hey, listen, I realize this is probably kind of offensive to you. I don't think like collecting these postcards means I endorse any of this. Like if you want to talk to me, DM me. And then I got a bunch more comments, you know, further flaming me, which I gave the night. I thought about it. I said, hmm, do I want this on my post forever? No, no. And then I said, no, I do not. And you know what? This isn't going anywhere with this person. So removed comments, blocked. You're blocked. Can't even find my profile now. So good luck finding this podcast. <laughs> well, well, I mean, I don't know. The thing is, though, the thing that the, the reason that I thought it was kind of interesting to talk about is I genuinely felt bad for this person because I always liked them. This is not a person that I thought of as like an SJW making a scene. This was a person that was is a very sweet individual who is from Korea. She's not American. Okay. So you know, this isn't like you're treading on my an- ancestors. I mean, it is that, but I think she has more of a right to say that than like you know. Some th- some third gen person getting upset because they read about it and hyper allergic or whatever. How bad the flag is! Like she actually knows, and she was always nice to me. I really liked her. I mean, I, we worked together in the past, and she was just, you know soft spoken, like nice person. Never had any problem with her, and she was the last person I expected to get it from. So to be totally honest, I, I ended up feeling like kind of bad about it. I was like, huh, never even occurred to me because those things are so beautiful, and I have just su- such a interest in that period of time from like an outsider's perspective that wasn't impacted at all Mm. by that theater of that war or that side that it made me think like hmm you know but then the moment my partner was like maybe we shouldn't hang these up in our house i was like well wait a minute oh (laughs) (laughs) you know i don't know i just i I wonder what other people think about it because you know it's a little i think it's a little (laughs) bit crazy to have a spurg out because of postcards but on the other hand, you know, I, th- well, there's two things. I mean, I think, you know, is it worth thinking about them a little bit more on your end? Probably, you know, just being a little bit more, you know, aware of their history and kind of like of what the symbolism was, but it's fairly apparent. They are propaganda, right? At the end mm-hmm. of the day, we know this. Um, it's just a matter of like, is, does propaganda... Well, this is gonna this is gonna sound terrible. Does propaganda have like a function outside of the time period that it's produced? And one could say yes, because in the way that we 
treat it in America, you know, this is how we have neo-Nazis in America, right? They're just like, we love that German shit. And you're like, oh, fuck, dumbasses. No, like it's it's interesting as all all propaganda, even including American propaganda anywhere overseas as well. Like it's interesting as like case studies in psychology, in mass psychology, right? But like, is it something that, you know, but you would also put it in a museum though. Like, you know, right. it's not as like, because... I don't know. It's very strange. Like, undoubtedly, in the Hugo Boss archives, there are SS uniforms. You know? Buried somewhere. In museums yeah. around the world, these exist. Like, the, you know, I think there's really, I don't know, in, in our in our current day, it's hard to say, but I think at, at one time, for a long time, there was no debate that they have historical and aesthetic value outside of their purposes. Well, this is what, but this is why you, it comes with the, like, caveat of, like, listen, like, this is why it was effective like you know right. this is the the horrors of war right like this is just like you know if you go to a jewish museum you're just like well they're like this is how it was used tactically blah 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 this led to this led to this and you're like understood got it right um it's just a, it's a matter of like we keep the record so it doesn't happen again right you know is the main thing um when it comes to documents from a more little known conflict in the northern japan you know that's when it gets a little like dicey where it's like it it leaves itself a little more open to you know that old orientalism of like oh look at how beautiful you know this is like contextless without the you know it's very french in that looking yeah 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 which you know that's a fair warning right yeah um but i mean not all of them do that some of them are just really beautiful postcards well the thing is the thing is i mean I, I went back and i and i did more carefully consider it like when i looked at the post i was like i was like oh yeah i mean the, the at one point this person did say like oh they're planting their nazi flag on korea and it's true that the the one postcard that i happen to think is one of the most beautiful ones is like a map of korea with the rising sun like superimposed on it right in in a in an artillery shell Nonetheless, so it's like it's like very clear right, what yeah. that's about, yeah. you know. But the the thing that bugged me about the about that encounter is like, no, not not none of those postcards were neutral. Those are all military postcards. Like the 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 whole reason that I think they're interesting to collect is that is this is kind of my whole thing artistically anyway. Is that kind of combination of like r r high aesthetic beauty and then like the extremes of the human experience in terms of violence. And propaganda and how you can you can effectively like, uh, yeah, launder really dark intentions through really beautiful things or vice versa. Um, and what bugged me about the encounter with this person, you know, what she made me like consider more more carefully, I guess, was like, you know, I don't understand why you're coming at me with this. Like somebody that collects something like that. um, that knows a lot about the history of like the war in the Pacific theater and the history of Japan in general, you know, especially after, um, after their reopening to the West, like I'm a natural ally of yours. Like I actually know more about this probably than you do. <laughs> not in, not in a direct personal experience way, but in like a facts and figures kind of like distanced way. I'm sure that I do like, and, and of all the people that are viewing these things, I'm the least, um, I'm the least likely to view these things neutrally. Like, you know what I mean? I, I know the, the accusation that like, maybe you should be more careful about this or know this or that. It's like, well, I, well, I do like, 
of all people I know that the Japanese killed way more people than the Nazis, for example. Yeah, Nine to one ratio compared to three to one. It's like very, but you know, here's the thing: you know, you can't just like spaz out and do numbers talk when this is maybe someone's grandma that they're having a visceral reaction to seeing that image. You know, you never know. Yeah, and I mean, I I don't I don't um I don't think they don't have a right to be offended yeah. or whatever. But I also just don't think they have a right to tell me what to do with it. I think I think it's a, a weird thing to do it in public. I think so too. You know, I would just be like, hey, just as an aside well that's why i that's why i made one comment and said you know if you want to talk my dms are open like i'll talk to you about this and you know when it was just returned with you know more inflammatory inflammatory like public accusation it's like well okay this isn't going to go anywhere right and and again like i don't really blame this person for that if they're really having like a visceral reaction to it or whatever but again it's like i think you're I, i think people like that often make the mistake of alienating natural allies uh, through that process and i also just think like at the end of the day i'm an american person uh, it doesn't mean what it, to me what it does to you and we don't have the same like um cultural norms as places in asia or europe around like censorship and erasure like in germany they, you can't own a swastika like if they made equivalent postcards there and an enthusiastic young person like wanted to collect them they wouldn't be allowed well guess what you can do here is that so the idea of like is like that you said good? It, is that bad? I don't know. I well I think <laughs> the, the thing you said earlier about not wanting to repeat past mistakes so you preserve things that are potentially offensive and dark but is an be, important but the role of like a museum or a cultural institution is to contextualize it properly for a viewer, right? Right. You know, having a, a an individual collection gets very much into that like guy with the compound you know, with the, like, silverware and shit. Yeah, yeah. You know, you don't want to be that guy. No one wants to be that guy, because that's just creepy. Yeah, you know? right. I suppose that's a fair enough criticism. Like, it, it, yeah. conver- it can veer into that without proper contextualization is what I'm trying to get at. Is like, you know, there's a reason why we entrust, you know, things of imperialism to specific institutions that handle it all, right? Yeah, right. So they can actually do the historicity. Yeah. Personal historicity doesn't, you know, armchair historical contextualizing is not good, you know, as we see now in yeah. America. I you mean, know? But, uh, I, I, but I don't know. I think you can poke holes in that right away. Like, if you look at... Uh, it's like going to the South and seeing, like, oh, here's Bob's Confederate Museum. And you're like, oh, boy. Like... Yeah, you don't necessarily want Bob's lens on it to be the definitive one. No, and but he's got a lot of it, and you're like, what the fuck? Right, you know? and of course, like, my social media post is not an institution. It's not, like, a definitive. I'd, but, and I didn't bother to try to contextualize it outside of the what they are right. and when, when they come from. But the whole the whole reason to post them is, one, because I like them. That's primarily why it's a fucking personal Instagram account. But two, if you want to talk to me about it, like, I'm more than happy. Like, I want people to see them so that people want to talk about them. Like, I don't think they should be a private thing. And, you know, I did get a lot of DMs on the side of people that wanted to have a dialogue with me about it. Like, for example, it's funny in the context of, like, getting flamed for it. Um, I had a guy who I don't know a- at all. We connected through Jim. Um, on a group thread a long time ago, and he messaged me um, to talk about the postcards. And his his whole thing was like, yeah, people don't realize how brutal the Japanese are. Like, he had two relatives that served uh, in World War II in that theater that would all- share with him very different stories than what you would hear in 
uh, more sanitized histories about that war from their direct experience. And so he had a kind of visceral reaction to them, too. I mean, he was more level-headed about it, but it was along the same lines of, like, I don't think a lot of people realize, like, how bad the Japanese were, (laughs) you know? That's something Adam says all the time. He's like, they know what they did. And I'm like, oh! Well, you know, it's funny because we, we went out the night that this happened, and we were just ha- we were just having fun talking uh, Chumbawamba being straight people music. Well, but uh, I did want to ask Adam, like, if he would be offended by that or what he thought of that. Adam's Filipino, yeah, the listener. So, because yeah. you know, anything, anytime something, you know, taking a dig at the Japanese, he's like, mm, well, they did some things. Yeah, well, they're right. You know. Yeah, so I don't know. It was just it was just kind of a funny thing that I reflected on for a couple of days after that, just because it never it, it took me off guard. To be totally honest, I it never it it honestly didn't really occur to me that somebody would be legitimately offended by it. I there's legitimate offense, and then there's again there's public offense, and I'm like I don't know what's what because I feel like if it was you know if you're actually mad, you don't go in the public sphere immediately. Yeah, I don't think so either. I don't think most sensible people do. I think you'd shoot a damn and be like, hey, that's kind of like, that's a bummer to see. Yeah. You know? I, I, I would have responded to that and then you just way go, differently. Yeah, you'd go, ooh, didn't know, or... It's hard to say, too, because I think in this day and age, it's people's reflexive response to do everything publicly, basically. Like, it, you know, it picks or it didn't exist. Like, you basically... Mm-hmm. It, it, Maybe they would feel somehow culpable for something they don't like going on if they didn't, you know, make a public scene about it. But it's like, at the end of the day, the way that that this resolved was the most unproductive way possible. Yeah, you know. Yeah. I and it's also over text, like it's a mess, like everything sure. is a mess. You know. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know, but my collection, I'm proud to say, I have so many of those postcards now. Did you ever get the other ones back or no? The ones that were missing? Yeah. Yes, I did get them. How? Um, they simply arrived oh. like a month late with no explanation. Hmm. I got those thinking they were a more recent order. And then when I opened them, I was like, wait, this isn't what I was waiting for. And I realized quickly, oh, shit. These ones that have been in limbo for two months, they just finally showed up. I don't know what the delay was or whatever, if they got stuck in customs or something. But, hmm. you know. I messaged that seller back and gave him the money back, and now oh. I have him. But yeah. Oh, that's nice. You gave him the money. Oh, good. You didn't do the well it, terrible thing. Of I think I might have mentioned to you because I, in this very Japanese way, because this is a person in Japan that I deal with on a regular basis. I, I was like, "Listen, I buy from you all the time. It's not your fault they got lost. Just keep the money." And they were like, "No, let me refund you." And I was like, "No, just keep the money." And they were like, insisted on finally refunding me, and I was like, mm-hmm. "Okay, fine." Um, so then I just sent them the money back. And then messaged them. Like, I'm giving you the money back, okay? Like, they showed up. Here they are. I sent them a picture of them, like, oh, on yeah. my table so they would know. And, you know, now it's settled. But, oh. but yeah. I have more than 60 of them now. That's a lot. I have one that's mm-hmm. in the collection of the Museum of Fine Arts Boston, which okay. I'm particularly proud of. And then I have a bunch of other ones that, I mean, it's hard to get information about these things at all. So I, I don't know. Some of them to me seem better and in better condition and perhaps even rarer. I have a lot that um, have their original decorative envelope, oh. which is really interesting. Hmm. Some of them even have like these fold out uh, like presentation holders. Like, I don't know. And like because they're all printed in Japanese and most of this info, if it exists at all, is probably 
in Japanese on some website somewhere. You never tried to Google Lens it and translate it? Well, I do have my Japanese uh, good friend who helps me out by... I'll ask him to read things and then put it in Japanese Google. And he did find me a uh, postcard museum in some small town in Japan that has a pretty extensive website that I, you know, with the rough translation you get out of Google, was able to figure some stuff out. But they don't focus on this period of time or these particular things. So... I don't think anybody really does. Well, it's kind of an it's I don't know. It's kind of an interesting an interesting space. Like I have a feeling that some of the ones that I have were really really small runs that were probably released like um two delegations that would come and visit things. So mm, like I have maybe. this this whole run that's like about this certain battleship as they were constructing it and I'm like I don't really and none of none of these postcards have writing on them. They're not canceled. They don't have stamps on them. They weren't used. Like I think they were commemorative things that were like probably given out to people at the shipyard or whatever. So who knows how many even exist? And I and you know unless I find them again on eBay, I don't know if I have the only example that survives of right. some of this yeah. stuff. Mm-hmm. It's eh, it's 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 fascinating. It's it's like very rare anymore that you can have a collection uh, with so little available info on it. Yeah, but. No I, Wikipedia page. No, nothing. Yeah, but know. then this just means that if you want to be a responsible steward of them, you need to learn some Japanese. Yeah. And, you know, also some Korean to understand, like, that point reverse point of what was lived through, you know? Yeah, maybe. Yeah. It wouldn't be the worst thing. Yeah. Just, just very challenging in it my be, advanced age. Well... To get a, a grasp on two, not one, but two or more, because you should probably know Chinese, the, many different bit. varieties of that. Well, this is why it's you know. a great time to download Babbel. <laughs> yeah, this episode brought to you by Babbel. Duolingo. No, not that fucking owl. <laughs> that owl can fuck right off. It doesn't teach a shit. It teaches you about Marco going to the market for baguette. You know, <laughs> you know what happens when you go to the market for baguette? They go un deux trois, and you're like, what? No. Oh. And then do Sessinkan, and you're like, what? No, Too it's, fast, slow down. It's true. I tried to do Duolingo for Japanese for a little while, just for fun. And the only thing I remember is the number seven, which is Nana. But I, I, and I don't know why I remember that. Like, it, it's easy? It's teaching methodology makes no sense it to me. It doesn't work. Yeah. No. I, I think Babbel actually might work. Maybe it would, yeah. It's kind of expensive, though. Yeah, yeah. You can learn Russian on Babbel, apparently. I think you can learn lots of languages on lots of different apps. Well... Well, while while we're on the thread of Japan, I might as well tell you about Oppenheimer. Oh, yeah. I actually really ended up liking Oppenheimer, Three to hours. no one's surprise. Hmm. Um, yes, very long. One of my favorite parts about the movie is that it's mostly a courtroom drama. I didn't realize this going into it. Like, the Trinity test is a very small part of it that happens, like, in the middle of the movie. Of course, there's a ton about the Manhattan Project, but it's more about, like, the history of science and the physicists and the... Uh, politics of Oppenheimer and this certain senator who was trying to ruin his reputation. So the best part about being in the theater was watching a bunch of like Christopher Nolan bros that were like geared up to watch The Dark Knight or whatever just be absolutely bored Bored to tears for three hours and then everyone gets all excited when the Trinity test happens and then the movie goes on for like another hour and a half and people are just squirming in their chairs the entire time. Um, But 
That doesn't sound fun to me. No, well, it's not good. It's not good for the. It's not good for the modern audience. I'm surprised that it's doing as well as it's doing, given the way that it's like framed and getting slammoed by Barbie. Uh, yeah, it is. I'm not surprised about that. Well, um, but Cillian. No, I ke- always Killian say that Murphy. it's Killian. Killian Murphy's performance is the best performance I've seen in a historical drama since Daniel Day Lewis and Lincoln. Daniel, oh yeah, Daniel Day, Dave Lewis uh, does a really good job. Yeah, in all movies, though. I know, but like he's he's the gold standard for a yeah. kind of like sink into a character type of performance. Killian Murphy, though, he just gets skinny, his face loses weight, and then you're like, he must be serious. Oh wow. Well, the crazy, you know, the crazy thing is for an actor of such note, who is like one of Christopher Nolan's golden children. He's been in like all of his shit. He does. He sinks into the character. Like I've, uh, I, I can't describe it other than by comparing it to Daniel Day-Lewis where it's just like you lose track of the movie star in the performance. Um, I mean, he did such a good job of getting Oppenheimer's weird upper crust 1940s accent like perfectly exactly right. Like mid-Atlantic. It's a little mid-Atlantic. It's a little like Boston Brahmin, but it's neither thing. It's also like Brooklyn Jewish. It's a very peculiar accent. If you've ever heard no, Oppenheimer, it's because it's an Irishman, you know, in a in a photo. Yeah, I mean, I guess, but that Irishman that, trying to do American. So ooh, ooh. that makes it even more astounding to me. But yeah, he he does such a good job as that character. I think his acting alone and just the star-studded cast. I mean, can't get any better. Gary Oldman shows up for one second, one scene. As Harry Truman, sure. and they put him in like crazy old makeup. I didn't even realize it was him till the credits rolled. Well, because wasn't Gary Oldman canceled for a hot second? Was he? What did I he do? I think he like cheated on his wife or something. Oh well, that happens in Hollywood all the time. Can you really hold that against the man? Yeah, I've looked at that man. I go, <laughs> how? How is this possible? Uh, he just does amazing as Truman because it's it's the famous scene that I actually I've described it on this podcast before. I forget if it was on a bonus episode or not, but there's there's a famous uh, historical moment where Oppenheimer goes in to meet Truman and he says, you know, I have blood on my hands, and you know, long story short, Truman says, blood on your hands, like, and waves a handkerchief at him, like, would you like to wipe him? And then he tells his uh, his chief of staff, like, never let that fucking Cretan in here again. He didn't drop the bomb. I did. <laughs> Blood oh, yeah, on his yeah. hands. Like, you know, Truman was a savage. Well. And that scene with Gary Ullman in his, like, kind of, like, he's really hamming it up in, like, a very clownish format. It plays to it perfectly. It's It's amazing. I don't know. The whole movie was really good. I would like to see it a second time. I've described my so long my misgivings with Christopher Nolan many many times, but I feel like this was him at his best. Definitely one of his best movies. Um, the practical effects don't hurt either. Hmm. Very interestingly done. I watched a whole YouTube video today, as a matter of fact, about how those effects were achieved because Nolan and his team were really secretive about it, other than that it was all done with miniatures and practically. And when you yeah. see the atomic bomb explosion, you're like, wait, what? How? How did you do this? And then a uh, enterprising team of YouTubers figured it out and recreated it. And some of the, the ways they did certain things are very simple, um, but look amazing on screen. Huh. For example, like there's uh, all these shots of like what's going on in Oppenheimer's head as he's like doing complicated math. So there's like these 
shots of subatomic particles like flying around that look like CGI. But it turns out that the way the YouTubers did it that looks identical to the movie is you just take paper clips, put them on black thread on a black background and spin them with a drill. And if you spin them fast enough, the like flecks of light just look like bouncing particles. It's really amazing. Like with a very low budget, oh. you can really recreate certain things. Um, the atomic bomb, bomb explosion they did by uh, just putting powdered pigment into water and then like moving it around in such a way that it like looks like a giant bubble forming and bursting and exploding. Oh, I mean, that makes sense. And yeah. then, you know, you just backlight it a certain way and do all the coloration in post. Yeah. And it looks identical. They they show their footage side by side with the Nolan stuff. And you're like, yeah, they, they, they figured nailed it, it out. Wow. Um, but yeah, it looks cool. It's great. I saw it on 70 millimeter film. You go to the village? I went to East Village uh, Cinema. What is it? What's it called? Village by Angelica or something? But Oh, yeah. Now Angelica owns it. Yeah, yeah. It's the uh, classic old school theater. I, c- I couldn't have seen it in a better format. The film for a 1940s period piece. I mean, oh, chef's kiss. Um and the Trinity test takes place mostly in silence, so you can kind of hear just the clicking oh, the of clickies? the projector. Oh, it, was, yeah. it was so nice to see it that way. For a minute, I was scared because all of the uh, all of the trailers prior to the movie were in this really skewed, bad-looking format. Um, because I realized later, and it's obvious, they weren't 70 millimeter. But the movie was. So the projector's yeah. all set up, and so all the trailers looked all fucked up. They're just, like, on a cannon, just like, whatever. Yeah, and I was like, oh, no, this is going to look like shit. And then it looked fucking beautiful. No, because they, they handle film well there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because uh, Once Upon a Time was in film, and that was, you know, the color there looks fantastic. If you always. have a 20th century period piece that you want to see, see it in 70 millimeter at Village East by Angelica. It's like that and once upon a time are the only things I've seen there. And I was like, I wouldn't have seen either film any other way for the first time. It's like absolutely perfect. Hmm. Um, But yeah, it was great. Intrigue. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm just going to wait until those are like on a plane. Yeah. I think Oppenheimer would be a fine plane movie. Honestly, three hours. That's when most people are going to have the attention span for it. Even then, I'll make it like an hour, hour and a half, and be like, mm-hmm. you know, I, apparently, yeah, more people that I know are seeing Barbie, and they're like, it's fine. Yeah, I know. I, I mean, I was taken off guard uh, last night by all the Barbie stands that were like so aggressively into it. I was like, I don't know, it can't be that good. I didn't get a. It's a. I didn't get any raves out of anyone. It was just like it was all right. Yeah, I'm sure that it's fine. I'm not going to, you know, throw down over it, you know. I was like, oh, okay, all right. Yeah, that's one I might watch on a plane, but I'd probably get distracted by re-watching Oppenheimer, so. Well. I can't guarantee it. Listen, a mm. billion dollars is, that's a lot. It made a billion dollars now? Last weekend. Wow. across the billion dollar oh, threshold. Oh, my God. Yeah. That's a little bit much. That's Let's a lot of relax. money. That's Let's a lot of money. Let's stop going to Barbie, please. Let let her. Let people go to Barbie, you know? I let, guess. let Margot Rob, Robert mm-hmm. get lots of money. She produced it. Oh, she did? Wow, yeah. she's got a producer line and an actor line. Man, she, yeah, she's cleaning it. Oh, yeah, she's like... Margot Robbie's got a new yacht, that's She's for sure. like, I don't care about this. She's like, I'll support the strikes because I'm a producer, baby. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, what's her face? Frances Haas, just like... Yeah. I, You know, the directors all settled their problems 
Well, I can't MTV? wait for yeah. uh, Captain Marvel 3, directed by Greta Gerwig. Is it? I'm sure. I mean, that's, that's what inevitably happens when one of these indie people makes a billion dollars, is Disney signs them up for some godforsaken franchise. I thought she did get some kind of franchise or something. Uh, probably. I mean, Mattel huh. wants to make the Barbie universe into a whole franchise. No. You know, yeah, in, in, including all of their other toy lines. Why? I don't know, because that's what everybody thinks will make that's a lot of money, dumb. is you make a cinematic universe. But I don't know how you're going to do that with all the strikes and stuff now. No. No, not going to happen. I, mm, mm. I, it might be because I'm, I think people are also realizing like eh, these are probably the last good movies for a while. Oops. Yeah, I think so. I mean, stuff's still coming out for the rest of the year. You know, you got Ridley Scott's Napoleon coming down the pike. Nobody wants to see that. I want to see that. Okay, are you well. kidding me? There's plenty. There's plenty of World War II dads that'll make an exception for, you know, the huh. late 18th, early 19th century. To watch Napoleon shoot cannonballs at pyramids. Not historically accurate, but Incorrect, still pretty yeah. cool. I mean, we have Joker 2, Folia Do. Mm-hmm. Unless there still had things to shoot. I don't remember. I'm not sure either, but I have a bad feeling that's going to flop. I don't think anybody wants to see Lady Gaga as uh, Harley Quinn or whatever. No one wants to see her act, period. I think the whole Joker moment has kind of passed, honestly. Although Joaquin, yeah, I'll go see it. Mm-hmm. But a musical, I guess. I don't know. There's a lot. I have a lot of reservations. I think no one it. wants to do that. But yeah. you know, um, I don't know. I mean, here's the thing. Am I going to go see movies? Probably not. Why not? You just don't like them. I think I just don't. You know, in the same way that I don't like watching TV, I just something about watching anything long on a screen. I'm like, do I have to? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that bad? Um, yeah. I mean, it's a whole, it's a whole, you know, it's, it's like saying you don't read books in a certain way. I'll read any book. Yeah. But I'm like, Ooh, you know what I've been doing actually is I realized through my Amazon prime that I got some free audible credits and I've always been anti audio book just because I think you should just read the book. But I discovered this new series of world war two books that I wanted to read. It was a trilogy. They're all like six or 700 pages long. And I was like, gearing up to buy the books and i was like man just realistically i don't have time to do this Mm -hmm. but what i do have time to do is listen to them sit on a train and read yeah yeah and for like a for a non-fic book you don't really need to read a non-fiction book it's just information it just moves in order there's nothing really to it so i geared up my audible credits and man i've been crushing them because i don't know about you the one thing i've been discovering is that podcasts have not been hitting for me lately even my old favorites i'm kind of like this isn't good anymore. I th- well, all the entertainment ones are just talking about the strike every week, and I'm like, oh, how not fun? I know it's um, not fun. I mean, uh, all they do is just tell you more sick and twisted shit that comes out about it, and I'm like, okay. Um, but it's like kind of hard to listen. I have been having a hard time listening to people talk about anything. Yeah, me too. Because I'm like, what? Like, does that matter? Do we care? Like, I just kind of don't care. And it sounds like the people recording things at this point after, you know, seven years. Yeah. it's They're just not that interested in talking anymore. No, it's true. But you're just stuck doing it because money. That's the thing. Yeah. I was just going to say the same thing. Like, a, a lot of my favorites that have gotten a lot of success, especially over the last, like, three or four years, it's like they just feel obligatory. Like, our Patreon makes so much that we must continue to do this. But, like, nobody wants to. And then, you know... Yeah, and then like eh, news and stuff like that. It's like eh, nobody, 
Nobody cares. There's nothing that funny or interesting. So, Or is it just summer and now everyone's just tired? Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Maybe things will heat up. I mean, we got the presidential election coming up. So there'll be an, an, you know, a massive well of hilarious moments. I had to listen to one thing that was just like a special guest was John Lovett. Mm. And it was like... Pod save, bro. And John he was like, Lovett. you know, no one likes Sleepy Grandpa, but he's our Sleepy Grandpa. So you got to go mm. vote for Sleepy Grandpa. I was like skip like yeah, no, no you can't do like no one cares. no yeah. and you know the hosts are like that's not the answer we were looking for i'm like it's two drag queens telling you you have the wrong idea like that's terrible yeah 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 the fuck's wrong no neither neither side is worth listening to anymore and there's very and there's very few uh you know i don't know truly independent voices just because there's no real option for that you know there's nothing actionable you can do even if you don't like old grandpa and and clown grandpa you you have to pick one of the grandpas and for the non-voters out there, I mean, it's like, what are you really going to say, you know? You 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 end up with these niche camps that take sides of like, oh, I like RFK Jr., or I like Marianne Williamson, or I like Mike Pence, or whatever. And you're like, really? But then, but it doesn't matter, though, if you do or don't, because it's not going to happen. It doesn't matter anyway. So, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, yeah, the, the, the depressing nature of all of that is is a turnoff, but yeah. Yeah, but you're right, though. All the comedians and, like, actor-adjacent podcasts, they just won't shut up about that fucking strike. And it's like, honestly, guys, just let the AI replace you. You haven't been putting out anything good anyways. Just give it up. But if you do that, then you don't have caterers. You don't have grips. You don't have light people. That's why they're hard to feel bad for, you know? Everyone wants to, like, show solidarity with unions and everything because that is, is, like, a pretty nice thing. But it matters a lot more for people with shitty jobs when you're, like, arguing over your catering and your residues. It's not sympathetic. Well, no. It means that, like, if you have every background actor replaced by AI, then you don't need large catering orders. So all those businesses go Mm -hmm, under. mm -hmm, Like, mm -hmm. California just becomes desolate and i'm like well listen it's a desert town shouldn't have water anyway you know like but that's that's its gdp yeah 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 yeah. besides almonds that and aerospace sure yeah well it's true you know la is huge for that northrop grunman and all of that business they make a lot of missiles out there oh raytheon oh yeah those are all like la based places i don't know why california ended up being that i think in the i think in like the 60s and 70s when it wasn't like uh you know a, basically like a hellscape and a rich state when it was more of like a middle class thing it made sense to have like a pacific branch of all of your weapons oh, manufacturing yeah. mm-hmm. so they kind of ended up there but well, they ended up there because of we thought all the danger was going to come from the west that's true you know yeah 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 you didn't need it in well and th- you Texas know what that might end up panning out okay. i haven't heard a lot about the chinese invading taiwan lately they've kind of calmed down on that but we'll see Hopefully they take San Francisco. They would improve it. Would they? Yeah. Did you hear that there's like these tours now where you can go to San Francisco to witness the devastation? There's like, yeah, there's like a tour company that's doing like, look at how fucked up San Francisco is. Pavo tours? This is Market Street. Those are fentanyl addicts. And yeah, they're doing like disaster tourism in San Francisco. Oh my God. (laughs) I hate the world. Okay. Ugh. It's only a matter of time till they start doing that in New York. I'll take them to the block I work on. It's not looking so good. We got a lot of 45 degree angles on that block. A lot of tire irons hanging Okay. Out. I. So I've been commuting, as we know. That's right. It's been interesting. Yeah, you're back on the train after all these years. I know. I'm like, <laughs> oh. 
and I did the thing of like, oh, it's Saturday. I can just hop on this train and it'll take me directly to where I go. And it was like, this is the last stop on the train. And mm-hmm. I was like, I guess I'm walking. Got it. Um, and then, you know, when you pop out on Bauer, you're like, oh, Ooh, fuck that's me. A, that's a bad one. Oof, yeah. oof, oof. Like, there's man with barely a foot. You know, like, I was like, what is happening? Like, it's not great. No, it's gotten pretty bad. I mean, I've had a real bone to pick with New York City infrastructure lately because I've been driving a good bit and taking the train a good bit, and neither thing is comfortable or works. Driving sucks a whole bag of dicks. Every road is... All the roads are really fucked up. They are potholed to shit. There, There is potholes literally three feet deep yeah. everywhere. It's and tough. yet, you want me to move my car four days a week. To clean what? Well, and now Holes? they and now they want you to pay to drive anywhere. Oh, I downtown. think it's next year they're going to start doing that. Good luck. That yeah. business of you know. No, they're still being sued by New Jersey. Oh, that's good. Yeah, that's thank you, it. New Jersey. You're finally doing your part useful, for this useful. great nation. Mm-hmm. Oh, by the way, I went to the Trader Joe's in Princeton today. That was a nice throwback. Oh, I remember doing on that on my way back. Yeah, it brought it brought, brought wow. back a lot of memories going to the Trader Joe's and the Whole Foods down down Princeton. Oh I, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was nice to go to like a suburban-ish kind of nice Trader Joe's. They had the two-buck chuck, which I got some of. They did? Yeah. The only reason they don't have that in New York is there's these weird, obscure uh, liquor laws here that don't allow You can't allow. do that in New Jersey either. You have to buy wine from wine stores. No, you, you can do that in New, New Jersey, apparently. They had an extensive wine section. I got a really? $6 multiple Giano. Um, huh. I got another $6 bottle that was from Portugal, a red blend. I'm kind of excited to try all this. I was like, fuck it, fill the card up. I mean, I don't care if these are good or not. Use them to cook. Well, the reason why, I mean, we used to have the Trader Joe's wine shop, but they tried to unionize, so we had to shut that down right away, you know? Yeah, we were rehashing that issue today, because they were supposed to reopen it in Chelsea. L-O-L, never going to happen. No. Yeah, I almost brought some of the Chuck over, but then I was like, I'm good. Never bring that to my home, please. No. (laughs) Nope, 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 nope. Maybe next time. Yeah. Okay. All right. On to the next. Yep.